Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. I'm your host, Javon, and I'm here with my co-hosts. Avery Gordon, welcome back. Yo, 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 what's going on? This is Ryan. What's going on? This is Andrew. And a huge sigh because the World Cup is over, but the, we have a full crew today. We have a full host today. Let's get into the discussion of the World Cup. And the first thing, the first thing we've got to do is dissect that brilliant final. Man, Guys. what a final. Oh, my. I'm still trying to catch my breath from it. <laughs> I was emotionally drained after that final. What? <laughs> um, I'm left speechless. Let's get into it. The first part of the game. I don't know where to start. Let's start. Let's start here, guys. Argentina dominated the first 80 minutes of that game. Boy, did they. They gave a schooling to France on how to play. They came out, they came out balling. Enzo Fernandez and Enzo Fernandez and McAllister was running the middle of that part for Argentina. Yep. Distributing balls. And I gotta say, for me, the surprise inclusion, well, not necessarily a surprise because he once fit everyone expected him to play was Di Maria. That man was balling. That man was everywhere. And they played him on the left wing, and he's normally played on the right wing. Dembele did not know how to handle him. And I say Dembele because Dembele was the one tracking him, tracking, tracking back. Um, Kunde could not handle him. He was everywhere. Absolutely fantastic. Messi, fantastic in the final. Alvarez did his thing. But... Argentina won, dominated that game in the first half because of that midfield. What do you guys think? Boy, that that game was... I had like four heart attacks in that game, to be honest. <laughs> At least four or five. But yeah, um, going on your point with Di Maria, he played really well. Uh, I was surprised that he came off as well because I felt that Argentina was... Um, they weren't really that threatening going forward when he when he came off still. But he was one of the their main attacking outlets um, going forward as well, which was um which was really good. It was really good. As I said, I had four heart attacks that game, so I was like, What wow. Um then again, um what stood out to me the most as a really shocking substitution was Dembele well, not Dembele, but Drew coming off. Drew coming off, uh, I'm like substitution so early in the 30th minute I'm like at least wait till the second half to see what will happen but I don't know he, he, he called us up quick but um overall that game was was passion intensity uh the so many things was happening Mbappe scored a hat-trick and still lost which is ridiculous he's basically an all-timer right now and man uh it, it was it was a really crazy game overall I Going into that game, I thought France France was going to win it. But then again, I thought that a team has never won a World Cup back to back. And you know, lies. Brazil has won it since Brazil. Oh yeah, yeah. Since Brazil, that was at nineteen fifty-eight, sixty-two. Yeah, so I mean, uh, France couldn't do it. But man, Argentina. Um, they went to the finals in twenty fourteen. They lost by one goal, goal by Mario Götze, and you know. I mean, they had to go to the finals again as soon as they can to try and win it. And 
was a really, really intense game. It was really intense and crazy. Yeah. Yep. It was absolutely, was absolutely brilliant. Um, um, picking up on your point, Javier, what you said about the substitution. Dembele, the, the moment was too big for Dembele. Um, uh, well, look, first of all, I would like to give a round of applause because we have to do it officially. A round of applause to Lionel Messi for winning his first World Cup title. So let's just give him a round of applause. Again, this final is amazing. So we're all over the place. But picking up on what you said, Javier, I think the reason why Giroud was substituted is not necessarily because of what Giroud, how he played, but because of a byproduct of how his team played. There was not getting the balls into where he could hold up. There was not whipping the grass into the box where he could take shots. And Giroud's not going to run, run, outpace anybody. Outrun yeah, anybody. I mean, so, it was better to put Mbappé in the centre. Most and definitely. Fight that way. Most definitely. But and I just, I just felt like, looking at substitution, I didn't feel like France had anybody else on the bench they could pick from, to be honest. There were reports I mean, that, there were reports that um, the Champs, because Giroud got a knock um, in training for the final, yeah. uh, there were reports that the Champs, Experimented with having Marcus Thuram play off the left, Mbappe through the middle, and Dembele off the right. Um, so he kind of went with that, but because of the, sh- I think because of the shocker Dembele had in the final, that's why he put uh, substituted him for Kolo Moani, who came in and played excellent. I must say, yeah, you um, couldn't trust Dembele to so had a contingency plan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What about what do you guys? What do you other guys? What do you guys think of the final, Andrew and um, Ryan? I, I thought as well, it was like an amazing, amazing final, pretty much perfect way to cap off the uh, World Cup, essentially. But I thought it was almost like, uh, I thought it was going to be a pretty standard game almost for when it was 2-0 for up to the 80th minute because Argentina were so dominant throughout that 80-minute period. They were controlling the ball, and then that 30, that 36-minute goal by, by Di Maria like, capped it all off, one-touch football and way through, and Messi being the only one taking two touches when it was really needed to get that perfect flick on and then just tapping it off. I thought it was going to be a straightforward game. And then Argentina just show that they like to make it difficult. Like it's as they do in a lot of international finals. Yeah. To, to reiterate what Andrew is saying, uh, it's like Argentina didn't, they didn't get the memo on how finals should be played. These like KG, you know, you know, very nervous, you know, starts at a game's, they came out. They came out of this flying. They cut off the pipeline to France's attack. They like Giroud, Griezmann, Dembele, and Mbappe. They did not see that ball in the first half, and I thought that was you know Scaloni uh, when he decided to play Di Maria in, and especially on the other side as uh, it was mentioned earlier. I was like, no, that's not a good idea. I was telling my wife, it's like if they put Di Maria in, it's going to be an imbalance. But man, was I proven wrong? Not only did he drew in the penalty, but then that crazy counterattack that led to their second goal. I thought that was... Which he capped was, off. Which well, he capped yeah, off. which... It was a great play. One of the goals of the tournament, too. And in the final, the stadium just erupted yeah. after that. And once I, I saw that, that the subs came in right before halftime, I didn't get it either. Just wait till half. Uh, but the players that he brought on... Uh, uh, the young player's name again? Kolo Muani. Kalamuani and Turam, when they came in, they gave energy. They, they gave energy, and you you can see when they came off came on immediately, the game changed because mm-hmm. 
It took time, but it it's... It, it changed. Even I, I even said even immediately because um they were rushing the ball more or they were more um forward pressing because yeah. who knows if Deshams had waited until half them, the game would have probably been three 0 and it would be buried. It would be done. Oh, if it was three 0 before halftime or even just after halftime, it yeah, it would have been game over. But those players when they came on, they they started hearing a lot of Argentina's players. Essentially, Argentina fizzed out. They tired out. They started getting nervous, and that penalty was a byproduct of that. Uh, one time, Bappe converted. Just moments later, he beautiful strike on that volley. Got him back to 2-2. Assist by the substitute as well. Yeah. Re- yes. Really good ball played over the top to him, and he just pings it off of his right foot. Absolutely brilliant. And Marcus Duran made some brilliant runs in behind as well. So, um, them, Deschamps made that change because he probably realized that Argentina could not cope with the pace of France and, the phys- and some of the physicality of France players. Because... What Argentina did when the game started, they, they got into the face of France. They made it physical. Not even a minute in, the pass starts with his... And I texted you guys in the group that even a minute in, the pass started. You know, it started with the over-physicality and it worked in their favor. It was funny. In when certain was, ways, yeah. When I was when I was watching the match, one of my friends was saying that the only thing the pass is, is good for is pressing and defending Messi. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 100% true. It's like a pit bull and a leash. Just let mm-hmm. him out there to run. But yeah, um, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I want to throw this hypothetical at you guys. The midfield of uh France, if you replace that and put in some of the their injured uh players that they got out, like Pogba and Golo Conte mm-hmm. in that midfield, do you think they have a better shot at winning this? So they probably won. Because they, they, they got ran through. Mm-hmm. That midfield got ran through while they have yeah, great definitely. players like Shemeni. Yeah. Easy. Too young. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't mm. say it would have been a definite because I think Pogba it, and Conte weren't having the best of seasons leading up to this year. I, no. I'm, let's, I'm assuming but, fit versions of them that are in decent form. I'm exactly. not going to say they're in like their world-class form, top form, but they're like they're fit. They're fit. They're fit. Mm-hmm. So they're capable think about of like pulling mm-hmm. it out. Most definitely. If they can get it back to, if they can make it to the final and get it back to three three with that midfield, no, no, no. Then yeah, then I could see it. Yeah, I could definitely. I would say it's a definite win for France. Because think about it, a fit Kante. Fit Kante is a very a, different story. A Kante is a very different story. <laughs> like and you, a fully you, you fit see Papa. the difference with Chelsea. Like it, it's we're either Champions League winners with a fit Kante, or we struggle to even make it in the Champions League. <laughs> exactly, and. On top of that, you are not. Um, I don't know how to say this elegantly, but the passing capabilities of Paul Pagba is next level. Yeah, offensively, he's really good, right? Also, and you have the hmm. insurance of Kante, so Pagba can go more forward. Pagba can venture more forward when when needs be. Plus, his shooting. I I believe it's a lock for France if those if those two were fit. And Pogba's an ego player, so he'll track back when he loses the ball or anything like that and things of that nature. So it's not like he is completely lazy. And then Conte covers the rest, like you said, because he, like he covers 70% of the world like the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying, Javier? Oh, I see. Yeah, definitely Pogba would be, uh, if he was totally fit, uh, it would make a total difference in that midfield for France, although they have. Uh, Chiuameni and um, Kamavinga, but yeah, yeah. Um, Pogba defensive work is 
elite for a player who always go forward can do some great passes going forward as well. But I mean, if he's doing good passes forward, who's gonna catch those? Yeah, and and remember the thing. Remember, um, with Pogba, his it has it has, his performances for Fran has never been in question. It's always his performances at a club level for United. Every because... time he's played at a, at a club at a, at an international level, he's been good. And I'm assuming that they remember France played with a three in the midfield. So I'm assuming Chouameni would still be there. So you could even see a midfield of Pogba, Chouameni, and Kante. So dangerous. imagine exactly. So I think it would be a lock, even though McAllister, DePaul, and Enzo Fernandez was brilliant for Argentina. That's just my two cents. What do you guys think? No, I agree with you. I think not. It's not only the physical side of uh, that France team; it is the technical side. Uh, I mean, probably have to maybe part ways with Dembele with that, given on, on how on how he did this tournament. But yeah, I could see like the injection of a Pogba and a Conte. Do you know what they did in twenty eighteen? I don't know if they would replicate almost the exact same thing, but it, it wouldn't be far from it. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, from an Argentina perspective, this is absolutely brilliant. Um, Messi, the GOAT debate is over. It's been all over social media. I wanted to pose a question to you guys, and we're going to go around the table with this. Is Messi the best thing or the best player out of Argentina? Over Maradona. Yep. Honorable mentions, Crespo, uh, other well, players. even before this World Cup, I would say yes. Over what he's done throughout his whole career, I don't think he needed a World Cup to even have that debate. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, what he's done the past, like, what was it, like 12, 13, 14 years at top level? Mm-hmm. You know, apart from a Cristiano Ronaldo who rivaled him all the way there, right. um, you know, some will still see Cristiano Ronaldo as the best player ever. And there are others, the old heads will go with Maradona, Pele. You know, those are arguments that are always going to happen. It's just you have that one other thing with Messi because of his World Cup to give it to him. It's like that's the trump card right there now. That's what, that's what you know, how to end that argument for but, now. But that's the thing. But that's the thing, though. Remember, when you're complaining generations, players across different generations, we also have to keep in mind the times they played in. Remember, It was harder, that- yeah. Messi and Ronaldo played in Cristiano Ronaldo that is played in. They were more protective. They were more mm-hmm. protected. The, the the pitch was better and the ball was better and stuff like that. So for me, my the all time best player has to be Pele. Given the era he played in, and some would say yes, he only played in um, my play South outside. America. South America, CS offside. But even if with that being taken the physicality, and he was a black player. Remember this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This, he played in that time when racial abuse was at its highest in the sport, not only in the sport, but in the entire world. Yeah. Right? The, the black players and American, just players in general, were not as protected as they were today. And to, and to still walk away with three workups, however many goals, I mean, you cannot just put that to the side. I think we're living in a byproduct of what we see is what we we what you see it's in front of you, don't see it, it's kinda doesn't exist. But for me, 
walking away with three workups in a time where racial abuse is high. So you know how white players are going to get on you. Um, in a in a in a in a time where in general players are not protected by the rules, um, and you have to deal with any type of tackle without the, without any um preparation or repara- what whatever that word is on the other side for the for the attacking player, and to still achieve what you did at that level cannot go understated. Cannot go understated, which is no, for no. me. I agree with you there. I do. Which is for me, that's why I gotta go with Pele. Um I think it's and I don't even, I don't even think it's a fair question to compare them across generations. It if you're gonna no. have a deb- if you're gonna have a debate, debate now. People who played in the same time. You have the same I mean, it's very difficult almost because if if you look at like even how like people have developed over time in terms of just getting faster, stronger, things like that. It's hard to compare players in various different areas when people had to deal with completely different problems almost in regards to like the players they played against and the skill sets they all had. If you look exactly. at track, you, I like, for instance, I would be like an average Olympian in terms of what I was running in high school and mm-hmm. like for like an Olympian in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. But that's like me being a pretty average like varsity athlete in high school so like that that's what i mean in terms of like over time the level exactly. of the level athletes are at changes dramatically especially with the level of competition at play so it's exactly. harder to make so, that comparison and i 100 agree so it's kind of impossible right so here at the final whistle when this debate comes up we're just gonna say you know what it's going to be between Pele and Maradona and Ronaldo and Messi. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. It's funny too because Pele and Maradona also didn't play in the same time frame. Maradona only had one World Cup versus Pele's three. Yeah, that's true. And Pele won. But, and Pele, uh, I'm sorry, Maradona, it was that uh, that season that he had with Napoli, the way he just took him from, you know, all the way down there and brought him up to the champions. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. It's unheard of. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know he has such a god status in Argentina. Right. Um. But what in terms of like of back then, yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Uh. But like, our, uh, when South America was being compared to Europe, you know, it's a lot harder to say back then which one was the better because there was no like direct competition besides the World Cup. Exactly. And Brazil I mean, had won majority of them at that time. Exactly. And you couldn't even use the Ballon d'Or because Pele wasn't allowed to to, to win a Ballon d'Or. Exactly. Blackface could win the Ballon d'Or. Exactly, so it's impossible. Uh, like the Balladur was only exclusive to people in Europe. So Exactly. Hurts. And you know what player comes to mind? George Weah. Do you know how brilliant yeah, that man he's was? He's the only African man to win the Ballon d'Or. 1995 by Wigan at Monaco. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And Bro, for him not even Paul to get Cannaville. a mention. Pardon? Paul Cannaville. Oh Chelsea. my God, oh, yeah, bro. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is what I'm saying. Like, And they play for countries... That you wouldn't dream of. Georgia is not gonna win with our World Cup. Georgia, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. So it's even harder to say. Okay, the one thing that we can use to compare them is the World Cup. What about those guys? Hmm. What about Erling Haaland? Yes, Norway. I can what see about Norway. Zlatan? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I was gonna say Erling Haaland and Norway, but then if you really look at Norway, they're kind of developing a good team right now. Um, so they may even make it to the next World Cup. Yeah, we, if they're take, in the World Cup, the next we take time, right? We take yeah, time yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. I would say they have better players than 
Poland. So I know I might be the I'll go better with Belgium. They'll have Holland, which is like their Lewandowski, and that's mostly it. Yeah, but they got Odegaard. They got um a couple other players that names are slipping me right now. So the next four years, you could see a proper Norway team. Yeah, you know, that's true. You know, um, but but going not to stray too much off topic. Um, what I'm basically saying is, I think it's really unfair. Um, to compare players like that. I'll just say, let's keep it here. At the final, so let's keep it. I don't want to talk for all of you guys, but I think it's best if we just um keep it to per generation, our closest generation. So the debate for uh, for me would be between Ronaldo and Messi, and that debate is now over. How tough is it for you to, uh, to, to put that debate it. over? It's As a Ronaldo fan uh, and the way he plays... <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a tough pill to take, but hey, it is what it is. What am I gonna say? He played in the Premier League. <laughs> didn't. Come on, bro. Come on. Well, it, it, it with me, I didn't want Argentina you know to win because of my Brazilian roots, I, but there was a part of me wanting Messi to win the World Cup without Argentina. I didn't see how that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did see an argument with, with Ronaldo. I was talking to a, a Ronaldo fan today, and he was saying that. Um, Ronaldo won Portugal only two comp- like two international trophies. So then there's that. But I'm like, you expect the people who would be Argentina to lose everything? World Cup, Confederation Cup. <laughs> what? I mean, he cannot control that. What is he supposed to do? What else do you want? I mean, like... He can't control that Higuain mess in 2014. Exactly. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And it's so poetic for him as well. Um, to see him gone to the final in 2014, missing out um to a brilliant Germany side. Like I'm not taking anywhere from Germany that year. Um, to get knocked up, knocked out in the quarters or semis of the 2018 World Cup. So Germany. One of one of them. Quarters. The quarters, quarters against Korea. Spain. No. Wait, Germany. No. Oh, oh. Wait, France. France knocked him out. What are you talking about? Oh, Germany. France. Yeah. No. Um. Argentina. Oh, Argentina. Oh, yeah. France. Yeah. France. Four yeah. three. Yeah. Four three. Yeah. 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 You're right. Mm. Yeah. Um. To see him then take revenge on France in the final, and for him to finally lift that trophy. Ah, that's football heritage. Right as there. as exactly as a Arge- as a Brazilian and Cristiano Ronaldo fan, it was hard for me to see. But then I'm thinking about it like. Football won today for everything he, for everything he gave to the sport. Him or Ronaldo had to both could just not go through this amazing career and not win a World Cup. It's, it's impossible. It would just be unfair. So, the better man won it. Still, Ronaldo still the goat in my eyes. But hey, what am I gonna say? No, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. Everyone's opinion, of course. Yeah. So it is what it is. All right, from a France perspective. Oh boy, this team was horrible. <laughs> is it more of the Shams getting it wrong though? <clears throat> when he, when he got that lineup out there, and it was just it was the same lineup from the previous games, you know, same strategy. But it's like Argentina just nullified whatever they put out there because Mbappe doesn't defend. Mbappe doesn't want to defend. He so just runs. All the other players had to do more. Exactly, all the other players had to do more. The, Mbappe doesn't get into a passing lane. Mbappe. For brilliant, and I will talk about because I wanted to talk about Mbappe. I even told you guys I love him as a player. Um, but 
when he doesn't defend, everyone else has to do more. And you can see on that side, everyone says, you know what? Let's attack Dembele. We know Mbappe is not going to defend, but let's switch the ball to Di Maria. Let's have Di, Di Maria attack Dembele and Conde. And look what happened. Dembele made a rash challenge. Dembele lost the plot because I guess the moment was bigger than um, he could handle. And, and, and that's fine. That's understandable. He's young. Um, I hope it doesn't affect him negatively. Mm. But the, the rest time. of the team had... <laughs> yeah. The rest of the team had to compensate for the defending that Mbappe doesn't, doesn't do. And on top of that, France were getting ran. Their midfield was just getting destroyed. Enzo Fernandez and McAllister ran that midfield. And Boy. this uh, this is epitomized by the second goal. When um, Argentina got the ball back, and I think they cleared it, the first, the out ball, normally um, teams out ball is to a winger or someone up front. The center forward to hold up the ball. Their out ball was to Enzo Fernandez, the 24. Yeah, this, he, was, he wore 24. Yeah. He turns, picks the pass to Messi. Messi controls it. Outside foot flick. Whips it to I think Molina who's running on the left. Who's who no no um whips it to Molina, then he passes it to Alvarez who was making that run. Yeah, I believe it was Alvarez and then yeah. McAllister and got it. the ball. Yeah, and then he whips it across to to um Di Maria who scored. All started from the midfield. Every time Argentina looked like they were, they were, they were gonna threaten, started from the midfield. France did not have an answer, which is why he subbed off Griezmann. And no, which is why he subbed off Giroud and Dembele. Because Dembele, yeah. Giroud was ineffective because of how the team was playing, and Dembele just lost the plot. However, I would say Kalamuani, you were. And he plays all of his favorite team, Frankfurt. This man is out. Yeah, player. he's Woo! first World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. And he scored a goal in the World Cup as well. Mm hmm. He came on and he totally changed the game. He was pressing, he was hassling. Him and Marcus Duram, hearts after them, they came on and they changed the game for France. Can we all agree France did nothing up until the 80th minute? Yeah. I mean, that's that's it was the, that's why it was like a story of two halves almost in that regard from yeah, like the 80th minute onwards because only up till then it looked like it was going to be a pretty classic two mil victory for Argentina almost. It looked like it was gonna be almost a boring final, essentially the way it was gonna end with that exciting first half and then pretty drawn out second half, but then Mbappe changed out two quick goals in a minute thirty. Real quick fire. Mm-hmm. I felt like the writing was on the wall too. It's like as soon as they consider that penalty, Mbappe converts it. It's like Argentina against Australia, they were very shaky when Australia scored their goal. Against the Netherlands, they let him come back. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, they dominated Croatia, but it's like you saw that coming from their defense. They just uh, once they start losing the plot, is there was a shakiness to them, and it could it you know it France could have probably threatened a little bit more if they wanted to, and they if they risked it, they probably could have won it in full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost or yeah. extra time. Yeah, definitely. They almost did. Yeah, they almost did. Um, Javier, I wanted to get your thoughts on um those two penalties. Do you think there were legitimate penalties? Uh, and, and 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 on the Argentina penalty, because there was an angle where um yeah, it, it touched Di Maria his, hooks. Yeah. Yeah, where Di Maria hooks his foot on Dembele. Mm-hmm. Um but then because Dembele was coming from behind, 
the ref kind of had no choice. What, what were your thoughts? To be honest, um, nowadays we look at penalties and the rules keep changing. Uh, the way how Demario was running forward towards the goal and Dembele hooked him. Well, kind of, he still kind of got entangled in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as he went. Down, yeah, it wasn't a tackle. Yeah, it wasn't really much. Yeah, of a it was tackle. a bad tackle. Yeah. Think, even if even if Di Maria mm. embellished, that was a hard tackle. To, to be honest, um, if if you see opponent going in the box like that and you're behind, I don't think you should tackle from behind. That's just a, a really wrong move. Although he's forward on Angola as well. Um, mm. yeah, tackle from behind really doesn't make any sense. And someone like Dembele who keeps messing up crucial games, especially in the Champions League against Liverpool, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that either way. But um. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really soft penalty, but it's still a give regardless because tackled from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, next penalty, that was with who? Um, it's good the last penalty for Argentina. What's his name again? Uh, oh, oh, who gave away the penalty? It was Artemene. I think it was. Um, no, nah, it was Artemene. It was Artemene. He was one thing. It was on Moani. Oh, it was on Moani. It was Moani or. Sure yeah, it was Artemene and Moani. Then the second mm-hmm. one, the mm-hmm. dude was running out like a chicken to block Messi's shot. Or yeah, 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 for real, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. To, to be honest, um, do you think that was a handball? It is, yeah. Uh, if I it mean, blocks the flight of the ball, it, it, when he hit the ball, his hand was behind his back, and Allah, he kind of okay, he turned, he he turned. Yeah, that, that's but, the thing. He, tur- he turned with it. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the key part. <laughs> I've I've okay. always been coached to never turn a, away against the ball. That's true. I mean, once the yeah, because when when you, you when the ball is coming contact. towards you, your hand should be behind the back. It should be like facing front. facing the ball. Yeah, facing yeah. the ball, not turning. Okay, so yeah, that, that is a penalty. That is a penalty. I know. Penalty. I know it's tough. Like when you're jumping, you get you know you use your arms as balance. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You gotta keep it as tucked in as possible, right? And, yeah. But the way he turns and once it, it, it was more of like a chicken wing mm-hmm, when it hits right. him. Yeah. If you block the ball, it's like you know you're screwing over the opposite, uh, the the attacking play, mm-hmm. and it's very harsh to not give that a penalty. So that's, I can see why. It's true. And there's many times when like France could have got a penalty. There's one when Dembele went down. Not Dembele. Um. Mbappé went down in the box. I forgot what the situation was, but the ref didn't call it. He said that's a play on to see how the game will grow. But the referee was actually mm-hmm. really good that game. They're they're all good. Mm-hmm. They're all good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. What do you think? Uh, I mean, while I while I, while the refereeing had its ups and downs, I think it is probably a solid six out of ten, or pro- with certain with certain games that are more like a three or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um and um let's touch on Mbappe here. Let's just touch on the Mbappe topic here for a minute. I don't I find it hard to put into words to explain to our listeners and hopefully soon our viewers and put this on YouTube. But um how difficult it is to go and take three penalties or two penalties in the game against Emmy Martinez. Oh, he had three. He had three penalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm not quoting the shootout. I'm just oh, quoting okay, okay. the first the first 120 minutes. The 100, 120 minutes. Hey, to be honest, 
Mbappe is a is an all timer right now, and I mean Martinez is really good at penalties. He has shown it at Arsenal, um, before going to Aston Villa, especially in the Copa America as well. He needs some crucial penalty saves too, which I mean he was like one of the most prime players in you know penalties recently, especially throughout the World Cup as well at the Copa America and um club football. But yeah, I mean Mbappe stood up and he rifled that into the net. Yep, he went to the same side all three times. Exactly, yeah. You know, he and, and Martinez knew where he was going. He just yeah. couldn't get well, to it. Was so fast. Fast. He was so fast. With it. Mm. Someone said to me that when I was taking how I was coaches, if you're shooting a penalty, pick a spot and put pace Don't behind deviate. it. Even if you deviate, because I was told even if you deviate, once you pick a spot, put pace behind it because. No matter what, even if the goalkeeper guesses the right way, with the right amount of pace, he cannot stop it. Yeah, but that's like, what I was told. Like, even if we look at it as well, um, penalties is based on psychology as well. So if if we really look look at it, and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean a lot of games going on, right? Yeah, I mean most goalkeepers they analyze the prime penalty takers in the team and they look at clips of how they take penalties, where they usually kick as well. I mean they go through all these things in goalkeeper training as well. Before they're going to go against um a team, so I mean, when I was watching the penalties, Martinez did went the right way, but man, he just couldn't catch it, couldn't catch it. So, while we're on the subject of penalties, uh, one of my friends, uh, we've had these arguments back and forth so many times, and he doesn't believe, uh, well, how would I say this? He believes that the striker's jobs is easy when taking a penalty, and I'm telling him. No, no, the goalie has no pressure, mm. and he doesn't seem to grasp that concept. How? Where, where are you guys on that? Um, going first, I think it's 50-50, but mm-hmm. if I... I think it's worse for the strikers because all the keeper has to do is make one save. Yeah. Generally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying all the time. Generally, one save can change the whole complexity if those... Because uh, let, let Let's check off the list, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone agrees that the number one thing in penalty is your psyche, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Then, then I would say for me, the number two is where your energy level is at that point. Because it can be emotionally draining. If you're emotionally drained, your psyche is all the way messed up. And if you're not physically up to part in taking a penalty, that throws off your technique. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's your psyche how drained you are and um then you hold yeah you know your emotion going into taking the penalty the keeper could be a horrible penalty keeper and a horrible keeper overall like Hugo Lloris I'll <laughs> talk to him I'll talk about him at that point Andrew <laughs> I know you're ready to go in on him yeah. but but think about it you're stepping up you see all your especially if you're not the you're not. The, you're like the third or fourth minute taker. All of your teammates shoot to the left, right? Two things can happen, and this is where the psyche get, gets crazy. And I'm going to do a deep talk about this some other time on psyches in in the sport. But think about it: if everybody else take a penalty and score to the left, you're stepping up. What's what's going through your mind as a penalty taker? And I used to take penalties. Like, okay. He's going to expect me to go to the left because everyone's going to the left and he's been diving elsewhere so far. Right. But if I go to the right, 
right? This is what's going to end. If I go to the right and I miss, everyone's going to say, you you fool, <laughs> go to the left like everybody else. You go to the left, you miss. You're the guy, you go to the right, you miss. You're the guy that wanted to do things differently and it didn't work. Versus from my goalkeeper's perspective, and I'll wrap up so the, uh, the, the boys can go. Um, and from a goalkeeper perspective, you're just looking to make that one save. Plus, you also have another thing that on your side, the striker could just balloon the penalty. The As a goalie, you can't get it wrong. You can't do anything wrong unless you don't dive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say overall it's like a 60-40 because a goalkeeper who doesn't make a save throughout the five pens is not looked down upon as much as like a person who misses their pen, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Like, how much was uh, Saka, Rashford, and um, Sancho ch- chastised for missing their penalties? I mean, too many, even Moani, who even made his pen, well, probably because of the miss against Martinez. All well, Rodrigo, got, the same they're, thing they're, for they're, Brazil. They're mm-hmm. Same racial abuse that they got, too, just for missing. So, I mean, pe- clearly people feel kind of a way, but I haven't heard any, any of that same abuse for Lloris for not making a so- save, though. And the, the penalty is taken against... Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave that until Andrew and I start talking about Loris and the Spurs season in him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, 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 what do you think, Javier, about Andrew's question? Um, Ryan's question. Boy, honestly, it's, it's mostly on the striker in my case, to be honest. Um, the pressure, you mean? Yeah, the pressure. I mean, strikers, they practice these things every single day. And, I mean, mm-hmm. what is a striker's... Mean, mean Spain practiced it a hundred times and they couldn't get it right. <laughs> exactly. No, it was a thousand penalties. That's a thousand. A thousand. But but then again, you look at it. Um, the striker's main goal is to get the ball in the net, and of course, the goalkeeper's main goal is to you know prevent the ball from going in the net. But then again, uh, the goalkeeper can not save any penalties. But I mean, the, the, the striker, um. It's really complicated to say, but the striker he he's expected to score all the time. Goalkeepers, I know what Javier is trying to yeah, say. Yeah, goalkeepers is not it's not yeah. every time he can make a save. It's not every time. I know what he's trying to say. He's trying to say as a goalkeeper in a shootout, you cannot make a save and still win. And as a and as yeah. a striker in a penalty shootout, you miss once and you go home. That is true. Goalie, the goalies literally can do no wrong here. Yeah, that's true. They, there's no that's hundred percent right. true. Yeah. Mm. So it's always a win-win. It's a win-win for the goalies. Mm. Um, it's, and, and that's why goalkeepers like Lavakovic and Emi Martinez are highlighted because for them, all right, the reason why they're highlighted for them in the penalty shootout, players going into the penalty shootout knowing that they've been, that those goalkeepers have made three saves yeah. each in previous games. You know that this is a goalkeeper that has a track record in this same competition of stopping the ball, is it, I think it's 12 yards out. 12 yards. Yeah. It, it's mm. 12, 12 yards out from going into the net. So, yeah. on a regular cycle, psyche, it's not easy to score a penalty. Going up against someone you know who's 90, has a 50, or let's say a 70% crazy. chance of stopping your shot. It's crazy. And it's talking smack to your face. Exactly. And it's doing... Oh, my God. (laughs) The mind games, games, I'll be pissed off. I can't even concentrate to take that penalty overall. But, you know, the pressure is on you to score as well. So, hmm. Definitely. And and on top of that, do you know what the cherry on the top is? 
Imagine if you're playing for a country like Brazil, who has a huge footballing culture. You have the weight of the country and your nation. Yeah, you have the weight of the nation on your shoulders. Imagine you're playing for a country like that, like Brazil, France, England. How? How? It's 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 absolutely insane. That's Listen, why Listen, must be brutal from just even stepping on the field. You get ridiculed. Exactly. You know the fan base. They're Ooh, they're they're a tough like the fan base. Exactly. 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 So that's why you gotta give um Emmy Martinez, Novakovic, Bono. Bruno, Bono. They were some of the best yeah. performance of this tournament. I know, tournament. Just to build off your points, like goalkeepers don't really get as much praise as um than as strikers that you know if, if you get what Both I mean. few players. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um I mean the last time you see a player in like top 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 Ballandor around the, the FIFA World XI for the past years has been like man like Noya as well. You know? And Mendy. And Mendy. The one year Mendy right, did well. Right, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean Alan Noya he 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 has an injury for the past years now. He has been really outstanding in his position mm-hmm. overall. And you know, sometimes he doesn't get in the praise that so I mean really difficult for that's them. That's a that's a brilliant point. That's a brilliant point, Javier. That's a brilliant point. Which is why we're giving uh goalkeepers a lot of love. Um but let's switch you back here to to Mbappe because it's kind of straight. Um oh. Mbappe, what do you guys think? Brilliant performance. What do you guys think? Goat status already? Hmm. I could give you two answers. Yeah. I want both. Uh- uh- Oh, he lost the World Cup final. He's trash. He's, you know, there's nothing to see here from him. It's over. <laughs> then there's this other answer. Yo, he has 12 goals in the World Cup. He already he already had a World Cup, which took Ronaldo and Messi their entire career to get. Ronaldo didn't get one, and Messi got it at his last World Cup. And this guy <laughs> started his first World Cup with that. Yo, Giroud broke Henri's goal scoring record for France. Mbappe is right there. He's close. Yeah, Mbappe is getting that exactly. soon. You, yeah, yo, Giroud he has already. Is just keeping 200... that seat warm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all. It, yo, he has two, almost 250 goals in his career. Yeah, no, I have the stat. I have the actual stats. How many goals he has, does he have? He has 297. 97? He's closing 300. How many games? 97? Uh, let, me, let me pull up the stats. Hold on. Oh, we... Hold on. Listen, someone's yourselves. He's 23 years old. He's 24. If, his birthday. His birthday today. It was his birthday. Yes. Yeah, he's 24 now. Wow. Listen, 24. He's still young. Mm. He's still young. Yeah. And he he has the rest of you know he probably has another 10 years at this level. Yeah. Uh yeah. It, who whoever gets him after PSG or if PSG could convince <laughs> him to stay one more time. What what more can PSG mm. give him? They giving him the money, the power. Yeah. What else do they have left? I don't know. And he's in his hometown as well. The king in his they're hometown. Gonna have to, like, so. give him, they're going to have to give him like the the city, the city, key to the city or something. Mayorship or something. Friend. Like government positions now. <laughs> the law and Make him president. <laughs> he, he needs actual power now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, besides Ballon d'Ors, which I'm sure he's a shoo-in to get. Uh, yeah, he has to earn them. But it's... Listen, this kid, is, he's a phenom. He's, yeah, he's an all-timer, right? He's one of those. He's, I mean, but him... It, in all honesty, though, like, do you think him and Holland are going to have another, like, Messi-Ronaldo back-to-back? I think the only reason why we put those two as, like, 
against each other is because of their ridiculous goal scoring feats. Yeah. They don't even play in the same league. Oh yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. Once, uh, if we, we would love Mbappe to come to our Premier League and to go toe to toe with uh, Holland, you okay, know, so we would love stuff like that. Guys already. Hmm. Give, should, give it to hey, us. Give ahead. it to us. So for Monaco and France, this man has played two hundred and ninety-seven games and has two hundred and seventeen goals, twelve trophies for France. 66 games, 36 goals. And at the World Cup, 14 games, 12 goals, one trophy, one golden boot, and a hat-trick in the final. So across all competitions and things are like, how many games and goal involvements does he have total? Uh, let me add that up real quick because I can't do quick math. <laughs> but even then, like that's those numbers are not even Ronaldo and Messi. I don't think they were even close to those numbers back when they were around. Oh no, numbers. not at all. What I'm trying to see is the rate because I know I Messi. Mean, wait, wait, his this... goal contribution rate is just absolutely yeah, I mean, nuts because he has like a, over 120 more goal contributions than he has games in his entire career. Which right. is just... But I mean, by that time, Messi had like what two or three Ballon d'Ors at Mbappe's age, basically. You know, he's still. Yeah, so trade-offs with everything, yeah. yeah. And not only is it like an Mbappe, they, you look at France as a whole, their group, mm. you name all their players, maybe it's a Giroud and Griezmann that, and Loris that probably don't make the next World Cup squad. Yeah. Their squad is still freaking good. All right, Jum- mm-hmm. Jumon, They're I young. Found, I found all he has, I found stats for Mbappe. He has mm. 302 appearances, 222 goals, 111 mm-hmm. assists so far. Yep. His, his assist career. record, yeah, he's in character. That's yeah, right. So, and mm-hmm. you got YouTube made YouTube made a very valid point. Um, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Guess what trumps that? The reason why Mbappe hasn't won a Ballon d'Or yet because Messi's still around, Benzema's still around, and Luka Modric was still around. He just chose a Luka Modric like that. No, no, because look, it was Luka Modric, then it was I Messi, mean, you, then it I was mean, Benzema. I mean, who did Messi have around when he was winning it? He had like, he had the person, competition too. Yeah, no, the, the but no, but the only competition Messi had at that time, only serious competition, was Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo true. won the Ballon d'Or in 08, 09, and then Messi won it four years. Yeah, I think straight I think, right after. I think Kaka was the only one who actually won it between Messi and Ronaldo. No, and he didn't even win between. He won it before Ronaldo won his first. Mm-hmm. So it was Ronaldo won it first because Kaka won it in 06, 07. Yeah, then, with Jason Milan, yeah. And then um, Ronaldo won his first um, Ballon d'Or at Manchester United. With Manchester United. Yeah. And then, then Messi, Messi won it soon. four straight think, years. You know, the Ronaldo I, two straight, then Messi. I think yeah. I would still argue prime Ronaldo is a harder competition than Benzema. Yeah, I agree as well. I agree as well. No, no, no. So so this this is so you're saying even if you say prime Ronaldo, you the minute you say Prime Ronaldo, you're talking about Prime Messi. The, 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 Prime Ronaldo yeah. has no other equal other than the Messi. <laughs> so, and I'm saying now, the reason why Mbappe hasn't won it is because of those people I listed. Because Benzema had a better year than Mbappe. And it's because Mbappe, Benzema, Benzema is still around. Mm-hmm. Messi and Ronaldo, when they were 23, they really didn't have anybody that were putting up the numbers they did. They were doing at that time. Versus Mbappe still had uh still has um Salah because Salah was putting up numbers. But that's Benzema, my... Lewandowski. You see what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my point with the argument. Like you you're competing with an with like someone who is outperforming everyone at the same level you were. Yeah, right. Like like the, having more people that are competing at your same level just means that you're, what you're doing is less unique. Hmm. Which is why Mbappe hasn't won a Ballon d'Or yet. Because he's Versus... less, that you're saying he's less unique. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's my point. And then, and and what I'm saying is that that time in Messi and Ronaldo's stage in their career, it was only between them two. If it, they were not, if they were not, if they're not giving it to Ronaldo, it's definitely going to Messi. One one thing I'll probably add, and like I said, he's still young, and it didn't take Ronaldo and Messi until a little bit later into their careers, where they were scoring these like. 40 50 goals a season type of numbers mm. and Mbappe hasn't really reached that just yet it's been like what 26 25 30 he's he's had a couple 30s recently but wait till that explodes up into the 40s and 50s cuz if you think about it his goals because of him being at PSG are shared amongst Neymar and Messi and you know the, the other uh strikers and midfielders as well that are there mm. um at one point, either Messi or Neymar are going to leave. And if it's Mbappe that's there, while it is good for him to have that um, those teammates around to help him not only accomplish uh, championships there, but the, the, but the it's also the rivalry with him and Neymar, I think it makes him a better player. Yeah, it pushes him. I think, I think it makes him so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so once that, you know, once that it, that does fall apart. I'm not saying Mbappe will falter for that. I think he'll become a better player. I think he'll elevate his goals. And maybe him staying at PSG could it could have been his best decision. No. Maybe he doesn't need that Real Madrid I'm, just yet. Um no. I think he needs that Real Madrid. I think right he now. needs to get to that level. Um cuz the only re- the main reason why he stayed apart apart from the money. Let's take the money and the part of the equation. There's I think he just wants to win the Champions League. Yeah, there's still Maybe a need yeah. to hear from playing the Champions League. Yeah, I think he needs to take that step up to the next club to be that guy. I'm not saying he's not that guy. I'm just saying to be that guy at the best club in the world, which is Real Madrid. Um, Apart from the league, is Real Madrid that much of a step up from PSG because 100%, of their history? A hundred percent. Winning mentality is something you cannot quantify. There's only two teams in that league. It's Luka, Real Madrid Luka, and Barcelona. And sometimes Atleti. Mbappe needs to go to the Prem if he wants to solidify himself as a goat. I feel like in this generation of of like players now, you got to do it in the Prem. I feel like that is true. That's a hardcore English argument right there. Uh, They're they're rubbish without without them being in the Prem. No, but (laughs) Andrew Andrew does have a valid point because back then, yeah, because back then in Messi and Ronaldo, it was La Liga or the Italian league are nowhere. Yeah, yeah, true. true. No, it's no, it's Premier League. No, it's Premier League, La Liga, and Bundesliga to some extent or nowhere. Um, and this is no discredit. This is not a discreditation to um, Fred, the French league or um, oh well, let me actually say it in League One or um, it's Syria. I'm just saying as it stands now, Andrew has a valid point. Well, yeah, that's the only. Th- oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's true because I mean the league all has like just Paris Saint Germain. I mean, um, maybe Monaco. Yeah, maybe Monaco, maybe Monaco when the when the owners giving them pumping in money. 
and it didn't yeah, sell maybe, so all maybe, your players. Marseille and Leon as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Marseille, they're Leon. not at that PSG. They're not. They're not. No, I, won't, that. I, won't, yeah. I won't argue that. Yeah, I mean, he has to go somewhere else. To be honest, I agree with Andrew. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else to compete and you know challenge himself with the world what best players in, in certain leagues. And and that's why Haaland will always rival him because Haaland makes sc- scoring in the Premier League makes it look like it's a t- like it's a child's game. Yeah. Yeah, he's the first Salah player ma- in this generation to really make it look that easy. That's so easy. Exactly. Even when Salah scored his 32 goals um that one season, you could see Salah putting in that work. Haaland makes it look like he's he, not trying. He's effortless, man. <laughs> this man was scoring hat trick back to back like what? And um, we'll, we'll get into um, what we expect from Haaland coming up. So I don't want to deviate there. But that's what I'm saying. I think Mbappé needs to make that move. He needs to be the face of a club um, in one of the top leagues in Europe. Mm. I mean... No? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he will soon. Just like he's staying with PSG because, I mean, not only for the money, but, I mean, his hometown... Uh, he wants to put PSG on the map, probably win the Champions League with them before he moves. His contract ends in what, 2025, so he has mm-hmm. he has enough time to at least accomplish that to see where else he can go. But will someone pay his wages that he's earning? I don't know if we want less than what he's earning. Well, yeah, and I don't think he'd want to yeah. go to City with Haaland. I think he would arrival right. him if he was supposed to go to the Premier League. Uh, but I think the writing's on the wall for him. At, um, mm. At um Real Madrid, I think I think that's where he's going to go. Yeah. Well, the one argument I would have on that real quickly is that Real Madrid now have an option to go for Holland if they choose so, because he'll be significantly cheaper than Mbappe because of his contract. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, Holland is. Plus, plus Real Madrid. Yeah, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, sorry. I, I was gonna say Real Madrid honestly just shouldn't go to for Mbappe out of principle. I mean, he just disrespected them when he turned away for that PSG contract last second. Mm-hmm. On principle, they just shouldn't be going back for a player if they want to be that club with that winning mm-hmm. mentality. You can't be you can't be going back for players like that. Yeah. And something Andrew Andrew, this is leading to your section and I'll let you have it with because I wanted your thoughts on Lloris and his World Cup. But that winning mentality you cannot quantify. You want the you guys want to know the perfect <laughs> example Avoid uh, mentality, <laughs> Spurs, and every other top five club in, in that league. You, you can't, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot underestimate it. Imagine walking into the difference between walking into Real Madrid's trophy room, seeing fourteen Champions Leagues. I mean, that, versus walking into PSG and not seeing anything. I mean, Javon, I sent you the video when I visited Stanford Bridge, saw the museum and things like that. Sent you the video of the trophies. Not every club can do that. Not every club exactly. has that privilege. Exactly. Um, and, and we're not throwing shade. We're not sending shots at anyone. But oh, I even <laughs> mm. I, with, mm. with the Arsenal boys here, right? <laughs> I'm going to give you guys some props. You guys had probably the best season. I know people talk about treble, but to go an entire season undefeated, to me, that's more impressive than winning a treble. Because honestly, in this sport, you could literally win a treble and, 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 and lock. Let me tell you something. 
Am I lying? No, no, am I lying? Can you I, not win a treble and lock? I disagree until another team does it to pr- disprove it. Let me tell you something. Other teams before have won the season unbeaten. So Arsenal is the first team in the Premier League to do it. Or most notably England. I believe Celtic on it one time. AC Milan did it with Italy. Yeah, AC Milan did it earlier as well. I mean, yeah, but Premier you, League is the most competitive yeah, league in the, but, in the world. Listen to me, bro. Listen to me. That season, Arsenal had one of the best teams in Europe, and we still did not win the Champions League because we're gonna put all Sat like El We're gonna put all his eggs in one basket to win the Premier League against Manchester United. The proof to the press that he could do it unbeaten. I mean, yeah, he, he proved that he could, but I still think that's a that's a feat that 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 everyone I, can do. In the Premier League, and we will probably never see a team do that ever again. Liverpool tried it; they lost. Chelsea tried it; impossible. City, I, the great City, tried it. The manner in impossible. which you do it, though, I think matters because they had a significant amount of draws during that time, and then also during that season, it's like they went out to a Premier League side in Chelsea in that in the Champions League that year. So, like, in a lot of ways, symbolically, it wasn't really like. When you say it was like an undefeated season, it does. When you look at what happened underneath that, it's, mm. it doesn't give you the same vibes as when you just say that one statement. I mean, it's like yeah, you're leaving yeah. out a lot that looking, really take paints the picture. Yeah, but 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 then but then okay okay, point valid. But when it comes mm. to the league, I really was really if you hard. No, you're not gonna lose. That mentality is impossible to to gain. I mean, thing is, is that. When you're talking about just not losing the league, it's not the same because thing is with teams that play in Europe, like your season form is based on Europe too. You've seen yeah, it where sure. you've seen teams that ha- bounce back because they get an easy run in Europe or something or that they Chelsea. beat a hard game in, or they have a hard game in Europe that they surprisingly win and it spurs them on the league or something. Or the league mm-hmm. form is what takes them into Europe or something like that. So right. I mean, Yeah, I get what you're saying. They play on each other. Yeah, and the fact that they did lose, they didn't just go out to a Champions team like AC Milan during that year or something like that. They went out to Chelsea, which is even worse is like the rival if you're going to pick a Premier League side. Yeah, really? but that time, did we make a deal like, that year, though? Yeah, did but still de- that, Chelsea that time Chelsea that got money. <laughs> I banned everybody. Look, yeah, look, and then we did make a deal you, that year. You had a fight against Man United this entire time. You want to complain about money? And you were competing yeah. with Man United throughout all the Yeah, years. but... but, but <laughs> hey, hey, guys, 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 United Guys, next episode. Next episode. money was... Next episode. Oh, my God. Guys, guys, next episode. Next episode. Chelsea podcast. Chelsea versus Arsenal podcast. Coming soon. We're right here first. All right, move it out, move it out, move it out. Because you guys... No, I'm going to turn move it out. Move it out, move it out. The final whistles team of the tournament. Okay, in goal, we have Emmy Martinez. Dibu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna just do the clapping after. And we pre argued all this already, so y'all don't. Yeah, so we're not gonna go. That way. We, 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 I still yeah. have some arguments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, uh, so in goal, Emmy Martinez, Gavardial, uh, center back. His partner would be Rafael Varan. Thiago Silva. Rafael Varan. Rafael. We agree. You got over to Rafael Varan. <laughs> A right back. Who who do we have up here? Who do we have at right back? <laughs> 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 I'm here butchering this man's name. You got Hakimi. 
Hakimi, <laughs> left back. Left I, back I left. called Luca at first, but then he was injured. Luca, Theo, we have Theo Hernandez at left back. Um, everyone agreed. I'm we didn't go with Tagliafico. No, no, we went Lucas. Lucas Hernandez. Nah, yeah, even yeah, though, yeah. even though that tackle, that penalty he gave away and Mason Mount was just. Absurd. <laughs> we said the goal made up for it. Made some more for all the things, yeah, man. <laughs> hey, hey, what did Mount do to you? <laughs> Anyways, no club football talk yet. Amrabat. Where did come from? <laughs> we universally agree that Amrabat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 guys, been solid. Mm. Yep. Enzo Fernandez, absolutely brilliant. You better go He's to a Liverpool. Stud too. Oh God. Hmm. And the Luca magic, timeless man. Yep, yeah, fine yeah. wine. Yeah, yeah. Luca he's magic. gonna play in the next World Cup too. No, no he's not. you heard it here. Hmm. No, he's not. No, hasn't he's retired not. yet. He hasn't retired yet. Just like Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luca magic and front three: Messi, Mbappe, and Alvarez. Cheat codes. They don't count. And that's our final so, Um Players of the tournament and teams of the tournament, let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Honorable mentions. Colomani coming on in the final. Completely changing the game for France. Absolutely brilliant. When France was down 2-0, gotta give hats up to you. Ryan had Kamavinga. Um, Ryan had Kamavinga. I think Andrew had Cody Gakpo. And Bakayo Saka. Yeah. Had Bakayo Saka. Who did you have? I come as, as, as well. So I just say, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? Sense if, and I Saka as well. Rude. So I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll give a shout out to McAllister. Yeah, and Richardson. Mm-hmm. Scored two probably the best, the best yeah. goal for the tournament. Just slicing Richardson. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Ran, you're going to do our top 10 goals? All right. Kicking off with number 10, we have Abubakar's chipped goal. He didn't even know about it against Serbia. Then we're going off with Gapko's. Which goal of Gapko are we going off here? He had some. He had a couple of them. Yeah, um, I think it was the first one. The first, first one against, uh, uh, who was it? It was Senegal. Oh, well, yeah, first, it was yeah. first one against Senegal. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Senegal? No. Yeah, yeah it was Senegal. It was Senegal, yeah. yes. Yeah. It was Senegal. Then we have the Pies goal against the United States of America. That and pullback goal. That goal was a good goal. That was a t- good team goal. That was a great team goal. It capped a good one uh, against uh, a USA team that needed some lessons in that game. <laughs> yeah, and how yeah. to def- track back and defend. But okay, that's another story. <laughs> then we have uh, Neymar's uh, injury time. No, not injury time. Extra time goal against Croatia. That was a brilliant which, goal. That was a brilliant they, goal. Great goal. Uh, your text message is still coming in, and I still remember that one. Yeah. No, no, you called me right after that yeah. one. You're yelling, go! No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he, remember, he cut up completely, ripped open the defense, yeah. right in front of the keeper. Keeper's one, coming out right like there. Yeah, like two, two one twos. And it just the pulls the ball. It just pulls the ball and kills the goal. That was a brilliant goal. Great goal, and roofs it into the net. Then we have Enzo for. Uh, Enzo, Enzo's goal. Yep. Yeah. His screamer. What a goal! What a man! I was watching that game in a bar, and that that one just exploded the roof on there. 
Uh, we have number five, Saudi Arabia's opening goal against Argentina. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and the celebration, the celebration to go with it. Yep. Celebration was good. Mind you, they were losing in that game. They mm-hmm. came back and won it 2-1. Shock win against Argentina. Mm-hmm. Then we have a pair of Richarlison goals. Mm-hmm. Um, which one are we? Which, where are we putting these? I'm going to go with the bicycle first. We're going with bicycle number only, four? Yeah, but only because I think um, the... The technicality of this of the of the of number three is way better because he was controlling the ball, dribbling it or juggling it up on his head, takes it down, flicks it around the incoming defender, passes it to uh I think I forgot who he passes it to, and then that player knocks he, it to Thiago Silva and then it made the run right back to him yeah yeah and then so that was just a brilliant goal. It was a Brazil goal at its finest with that one. Yep. Then we had another great team goal in Argentina in the final. Yeah. Oh, man. Rips open Freds. Counterattack. Di Maria caps it off. And then number one, Mbappe. Once again, in the final. No pressure to send your team into extra time Mm -hmm. with a beautiful volley. Martinez even had a finger on it, but it wasn't even enough to stop that shot. The reason why it's number one, um, we guys... Again, as Andrew would say, we already debated about this. It's because Mbappe is falling back. He's, he's falling. He's leaning back. And the kick to get the power and the kind of whip on it to score, it's te- from a technical standpoint, it's a top-tier goal. Top-tier goal. No, and he's following this ball the whole time. The only thing he had in his mind, once this ball's coming over his shoulder, he's, he's like, gonna yeah, take I'm just going to rip this. Mm-hmm. Rip mm-hmm. this. And most players, that that's going into the stands. No, him, he, mm-hmm. he put it exactly where he wanted it. Most in the final. In the final. Exactly. And that caps off Final Seals Top 10 Goals of the Tournament. Give everybody a round of applause. And with that being said, that caps off everything to do with the World Cup and the final. Final points, because I know you wanted to speak about something political here, Brian. So... With the whole, the whole of the World Cup disrupting league football, being shifted into winter, um, the whole controversies around, um, you know, the workers that came in there that were being taken advantage of, uh, the whole just them being awarded it in general to begin with, with a team that had no footballing history of their own. I don't, they hadn't even made the World Cup at that point. Uh, the refereeing decisions here. Overall, this was a great World Cup in terms of how the teams were playing. Competitive. All the teams, I mean, apart from maybe one or two or three of them, we had some shocks. And not only that, it wasn't just like a one-time shock. Japan, they stunned two teams. Morocco, they stunned two heavyweights as well. Mm -hmm. Croatia, they showed that they weren't over. We had some great games. Man, Spain was a lie. Spain, they looked like they were something, but then they they weren't. (laughs) Um, You know, Netherlands, they they were a solid team. They looked like they got a bright future. Mm -hmm. This was a great World Cup, you know, what you make of it. Uh, In part of all the, you know, the issues that came, that were surrounding it, there was like this fog of it. And then just when when the football started, Mm -hmm. it just kind of like put that all away. Mm -hmm. But... As with every World Cup, once it ends, like how it did in South Africa, how it did in Brazil, you know, with all these multi, even in Russia as well, 
all of the, once that fog comes back, it's like, how do you guys feel about it still being in Qatar and the whole like issues around it? Yeah. So the time and place, um, Andrew, what's up? What do you think? Yeah, for me, I think there is definitely some issues with it being hosted there. But while, but some of those were more just around general human rights issues and things like that in regards to migrant workers or well, some cultural norms. But some of it, I think, was kind of misplaced by fans at certain points. For instance, like when Messi was given the bitch to wear for the trophy lift and things like that. And oh, and Fantini played that so well on his end I, and i thought it was ridiculous that he did that let the man yeah, celebrate I, yeah you don't do that you let him take the, the the photo in his national jersey and just let the why, why what is he doing there i'm just gonna that, add some historical context to it it's just a matter of i think we need to set some like norms for that because it's happened several times in the past before and i don't know what like the normal norms about that is where like Whoever lifts the World Cup trophy, usually their captain will put on something from that country. Like, Pele's done it with the sombrero when he's won it in Mexico before and things like that. But Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, I feel like things should just be – the complaints should just be placed in the right areas. For instance, like, with their issues with LGBTQ communities and things like that, they just have a general – like philosophy there where they just don't have public display of affection, that's fine, but they shouldn't lie and say that's safe for people there too at the same time. Yeah. And with the, but, uh, yeah, Javier. Yeah, just to build on your point as well, um, that the complaints that we're seeing about this thing is mostly from European journalists as well. Yeah. Not seen from anybody else. And, um, to add to your historical point as well, what you said before is that this this robe is mostly worn by men on special occasions, which is like weddings, um, some celebrations and stuff like that as well. So I guess the the um the ruler of what of the country just said that you know this is a part of our culture. We want to you know congrats to win of the World Cup, give it to the captain to wear as a symbol of what um. Not just appreciation, but to show that what uh, you're the, you're one of the best. Uh, you're celebrating winning the World Cup. Let's just put this robe on you, which is showing our culture. Just you know, I don't know. Mm. So yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think about and um, Ryan's second question? Um, what do you guys think about um the time the World Cup has been played in and um. The, the, the whole league breaks and stuff around so, that, how it affects general football. I'll go last. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll take you through my journey on this. When it was first scheduled in the winter, I thought it was going to be absolutely ridiculous and it was a terrible idea. But after seeing it, experiencing it, and things like that, I think depending on what the injury record looks like in the first quarter of next year, I, I think I'll have my decision then. But as of now, I think it's given players more rest on the whole than it has before because before we haven't had players have a good preseason who are typically like international stars and things like that and usually they just play year-round 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 and now for a good majority of them except for really like two four teams really that made it to semifinals onwards will have like at least two to three weeks rest which is something that hasn't happened in like the last two or so years probably given covid so from that perspective mm-hmm. i think it's it may work out, but 
Otherwise, I think it needs a, a far more additional planning if they're going to ever do this, something like this in the future. Javier. Well, the timing of the league break. Um, what I was just really concerned about is the injuries. And, you know, for my team, a crucial player is injured right now as well. And mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the winter, people always complain that um, AFCON is, is doing what? Um, during the similar it's, time. It's same period. time, but in January. Yeah, in January, and that, you know, African players have to leave and so like that. Like, people always complain about that, but. You know, the World Cup is one of the biggest events in, in, in the entire world, so not much and it happens every four years, too. Yeah, right, every four years. Mm -hmm. and honestly, I, I don't think it could have been pushed to next summer. Um, I don't think so. I believe it had to happen in winter just because of you know COVID and stuff like that, regardless that that winter and then also um the leagues that have been adjusting to the new COVID, not new COVID, but you know, adjusting back to the normalcy as well. Um, mm -hmm. the winter, I don't really had a problem. Just that, really concerned how the national teams were managing their players with injury and so like that. A mm -hmm. few players were mm -hmm. injured. That's the only thing. I mean, much. if the if these games, like let's say if the next uh a World Cup is scheduled again in the winter and we get these kind of games that we had, I wouldn't mind it as much. Uh, we're still gonna find out what the repercussions are in league football mm -hmm. so i i'm still in my answer today is still a little bit on the Maybe. open side of it but it, it i'll tell you what it was a fantastic world cup from start so, to finish yeah. here's here's here's, mm -hmm. here's my issue with this i don't care what anyone says to me when these players are playing the first half of the season somewhere in the back of their head those players who knew that there was there's players who played well in hopes of making it to the World Cup, and there was, and then there was players who knew that they were in the squad before the squad was even announced, because they knew they were a crucial player. In the back of their head, some of them were playing cautiously. No, I'm yeah. not saying. Let me make this clear for anyone who's going to listen. I'm not saying a player should play with this thought in the back of their head. You should always give a hundred for your percent for your club. When the weeks are chuckling down, a week or two weeks before, or two weeks out, no one wants to get injured, and it does play on a player's mind. Now, I want to see what the injury level is like before the World Cup for those teams who brought their big players to the World Cup injured and had to wait for them to recover. Um, for those players who missed out on the World Cup, like Sadio Mane, for him to miss out on the World Cup breaks my heart. Um, Benzema with France. Um, Memphis Depay, even even though he did go and they did play him in the second game, so I want to see stuff like that happen. And another thing is the euphoria of the entire thing. Imagine playing in a World Cup final today and I have to and I have to go back to League One to play against Anger Anja huh. at the big, big Alistair Brighton right now. <laughs> exactly. Imagine, imagine. Well, I wouldn't say McAllister because. Brighton, the Premier League is very competitive. Brighton has been playing well. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah he's, but, he's but, been on good form with them. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah. I get the concept of what you're saying, Javier. Imagine playing the high of a World Cup final. I have to go play a FA Cup game. It's a it's a, a rainy night in Stoke. No one wants to do that, you know. <laughs> Plus, like you guys, I'm, I'm I'm with you guys. What's gonna be the repercussions going forward? Who knows? We could be two weeks into the second half of of everybody's season, and everyone's just getting injured. 
you know? And that's what I'm saying. I got to wait that first quarter to really see, like, what happens. Did they actually get the rest they need, or is everyone overworked? Because that's ultimately what makes me think, is this timing good or not, is if the players get rest. Because a lot lot of people would say in a regular season for the World Cup, um, you get a week break after you finish the entire season. The players are more tired, yes. But when they're coming back, don't those players get three to four weeks off? Before they come back to their club or before they make a transfer move or whatever, Mm-mm. some didn't even have uh, breaks. Like Martinelli, he, yeah, he just went straight back to Arsenal. Most of these players, Saka too. Yeah. Saka's probably, I think, taking a week, but he's, I think, yeah, he's going to be ready for yeah, the West Ham game. Most, of, most people from England sure. took a week, I think, and then like Mount, I think, and people like that are back like this week, essentially. Yeah. yeah so, so. Uh, so I'm talking if it was happening in the summer, wouldn't it mm-hmm. be you finish your season with your club? You go directly to your. You either take a week and then you are. You go directly to your national team. Then after you exit the World Cup, don't you get like an extra week or so before yeah. you start preseason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give or take, and how far you've been in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. But like the uh, the other side to that is at the end of a season, you're drained versus like in the middle of a season where if you're in form, you're in form. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And but then again. It could be injury prone but I mean, as well. Yeah, there's yeah, that card too. Give is, the fact that the World Cup was in the middle of the season could be why it was so much more entertaining this year because now every all the players essentially gained form leading going into the World Cup versus just finishing a season and being tired, mm-hmm. which could have mm-hmm. played. And the World Cup was in a city too. They yeah. didn't have to travel much. Yeah, like, everything was just convenient. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, my thoughts on. Um, Having it in Qatar, I don't think you can have a winter World Cup, but I don't think it should have happened in Qatar. I am a strong believer of keeping the game in, in where it has a strong footy culture, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying um, they necessarily have to make it to the World Cup before, because uh. I do believe in opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I'm- the way it's set up, it, I don't think it was set up for everything that comes with hosting a World Cup. Because it's hosting a World Cup, you have to be accept in accepting of everyone's culture, whether that's the LGBTQ, XYZ, whether it's Martians, whether it's Jamaicans, Haitians, um, whatever your culture... It's called the World's Games for a reason. You have to... Host it in a place where you have to be open-minded. You may not like it, but when you're hosting the World Cup, you have to say, okay, we're going to have this tournament here for a month. For the month that they're here, we're going to just have to make exception to these rules. So, Like, there was no beer and alcohol. I understand that some there's some say that it made towards a, more, a better World Cup, but no. Hmm. I Personally, I don't agree. Um, and you have to be. I, I cannot stress this point. No, you just have to be accepting of everyone's culture. If it's my culture to to have um to, I know it's for Brazilian. The Brazilian national team brought different type different types of meats over to Qatar to make their own meat. <laughs> what if it's what if it's my culture to go outside the stadium, set up a, a portable grill, make burgers and give it to fans, and then go inside the stadium? What if that's my culture? You tell me. Got- he he has that tailgating culture right there. Exactly. What 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 if the World Cup is kept in a place where I can't do that or my culture can't do that? 
then you're then subtracting from my culture and what I bring to the sport. What if they go to a place where you can't knock drums? I, I, what is a World Cup without without African drums and the Bubuzela? I guess my honest, my only um, pushback for that would be, I agree with you like for like ninety percent of it, but I would say my pushback is that you got to preserve football. What is actually football culture then? Because for instance, like drinking at games is not technically football culture, and things like that. So like it it has to be like differentiated from certain in certain areas. Like I think what you're saying yeah. with regards to like just treat human rights issues that has to be like leveled off. But yeah. like more cultural stuff, I feel like that can be more traded off based on where you're at, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, different countries yeah. have different cultures and different rules. And... Yeah, I understand. I, I understand. But I guess what I'm saying is. Mm. Whoever is hosting the World Cup needs to be accepting of other is, cultures yeah. and accommodate what other people would yeah, like, like to do. Yeah, like for instance, like anyone should be able to go to world to the World Cup in Guitar and be safe, but then they should yeah. still respect the rules and, and not feel like comfortable. Do public display of expectation exactly. while they're there. Yeah, but you, any person that yeah, there because you have to actually exactly, and, and and you also have to accept the the hosting country's rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand. You're saying, have right, you... isn't it the United States, Mexico, and Canada most likely hosting it 2026? Yeah, 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 they're yeah. definitely yeah. hosting yeah. it. Yeah, and, 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 and then you're gonna <laughs> let's go, Jersey. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, and then I can guarantee you in the 2026 World Cup, you're gonna see a huge difference in just the culture of the World Cup. Um, I, I you cannot. It's hard to quantify, and it's hard to put into... All right. Perfect example. Look at the World Cup in Brazil in 2014 versus the World Cup in Qatar. Which one you'd rather go to? I'm going to Brazil all day, baby. <laughs> Just walking the street, smelling the air. What? Um, Remember Brazil's first game in, in, in that World Cup? Mm-hmm. You could not hear the commentators while watching the TV. It was that amazing. And, and just imagine the atmosphere. I'm just saying, while I do agree with expanding, hey, bring it even to the Caribbean. Multiple multiple countries in the Caribbean. We're going to have years, man. <laughs> the National Stadium. We got you guys. But I will yeah. say though, <laughs> I would. But you guys get what I'm saying though. Yeah. Besides like the human rights issues and al- not, no alcohol, I would be. In, I'd rather be in Qatar where it's hosted in a city. I feel like that's a different kind of experience if they had Western culture, cultural values, just because that's where I'm born and raised. I, pro- I prefer that. If it was like that in mm-hmm. Qatar, that would have been crazy. I feel like. Yep. Yeah, it would, but yeah, it's everyone's opinion. FIFA, if you're listening, take it to the Caribbean. You can do multiple countries: Jamaica, Antigua, Barbados. Jamaica World Cup would be absolutely insane. Uh, bro, 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 let's not even get into it. We're too small. <laughs> Cuba, we could knock, do Cuba. We could do multiple islands. The, you, you know, knock down <laughs> some of those mountains or something on the countryside to get it going. Yeah, exactly, bro, bro. Let, let, listen to me. A World Cup in the Caribbean, FIFA. I'm gonna send this to 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 Infantino. Listen to me. You want you want to make some money? I'll be your li- liaison right now. No, you gotta <laughs> send them some money too for him to start listening. That's how they work. <laughs> That's how they work. Okay, you got no money. <laughs> 
we, we ain't got no I don't even say big, we ain't got no money. But I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna expand the horizon or expand different territories, you could. Cause imagine a country like India. Huh? There's untapped potential there, huh? you know? No. <laughs> well, no, why are you no, laughing? It, 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 it is a huge it continent. Is they're more into cricket, though. Yeah, no, yeah, they are. They're big fans of football. Yeah, they are. I'm, India I'm, has a population t- of like 1 million people, and they can produce one footballer. Mm-mm. Bro, why are you like this? I'm just saying. I am just saying. There's probably, there's probably untapped potential. Look at China. There's untapped potential there. So is the Caribbean. Right, calm down. In fact, if you listen to me, in fact, you know, <laughs> listen to me, right? Bring home, man. Bring home. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's just my two cents. Uh, um, I got two more things for you guys, they're quick. First is uh, Wenger for the great man that he is, especially for what he did for Arsenal. Him and a couple eggheads at uh, FIFA are considering moving the World Cup to every two years. Absolutely no, no, uh-uh. it's not even a discussion. Not. Nope. That, that nope. The whole, it gets rid of the whole special nature that is the World Cup by having it in like these yeah. four-year periods. The fact that you can only have like a back-to-back winner of the World Cup over an eight-year period is what makes it so like such a difficult exactly. feat to have. And the rarity, the rarity of the World Cup it adds to its illustrious beauty there we go you guys said it perfectly this is what makes it what it is Mm. every single aspect similar to the champions league it's the difficulty of getting to the final it's everything that builds up to what the pinnacle of that beautiful moment is Mm -hmm. why do you think the whole world went crazy when messi won the world cup because this was his last chance. He had a chance before, eight years ago. He finally beat the egg. It wouldn't be the he same. He finally yeah. beat the egg. Exactly. Exactly. It wouldn't be the same. Um, it wouldn't be the same awesome moment if it was. Oh, he, 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 he lost it two years ago. If we're here, I get the third year. Let's go. <laughs> no. Not going to work. So I think the rarity. Directly writes to the illustrious moment and the illustrious uh, beauty of what it is in this. In in it's 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 hard to quantify. It's just beautiful. So, it is so beautiful. I guess another question for y'all then, given that uh, Ryan just asked that, he might have been asking this next. They're thinking about putting in a club World Cup, and I think this has been confirmed already for 2025, I think. Yeah, for 2024. 2024. 2024. So what are y'all's thoughts yeah. on that? a club World Cup now? This is the dumbest thing they've ever done. It's, it's I'm so interested, but yeah. Like low-key, it could grow on you as a competition in a decade. Yeah. But, okay. It's like Super League it's by out. FIFA, basically. Yeah. It can grow on me, but as as an analyst of the as a someone that doesn't just watches the sport and analyzes the sport, at what point do we start saying, okay, overworking the players is subtracted from the quality of what we're seeing? It'll be overworking more towards on the European side. It, 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 other that like, like South America, I think it would benefit them. Clubs around like uh Asia, North America, uh, like MLS, never Mexico. Win they say, might not win it, but it's let me not say that because the games are be played for a reason. For. Yeah, let me not say that the games are played for a reason. But come on, bro. Yeah, I, I, 
and they might even when they're doing something, you you might even find a a, a a scenario where all the European teams are playing their third streak, their C team. Correct. No one wants to see that. If they're doing good, maybe. But it, I, like I said, I'm interested to see what their concept is of it. I don't think they fully like drew it out yet. But it's an interesting concept. What do you think of here? Honestly, with these things in mind, you have to be careful of players' personal health, to be honest. Correct. And, I mean, look at UEFA with this back of competitions. For what? Asian League. Um, I mean, you have, you have, I mean, Champions League, okay. Europa League. You have Conference League. Um, what else do you have after Nation League? Some other friendly friendlies as well. I mean, yeah. most of these people just... Then you have the Gold Cup. Exactly. exactly. The, the, the Confederations Cup. What um, kind of... What? CONCACAF having uh, Champions League as well. Exactly. Um, what? Man, no. Yeah, they have the CONCACAF having Nation League thing too as well. Okay. Honestly, How about that's... this? What if they got rid of the... Hmm. Um, the equivalent what would be the Carabao Cup in replacement of something like a Club World Cup or something like that? See, that's that's different. If you're mm. subtracting two cups and replacing it, that's different. Yeah. But adding more cups is not the solution. They even mm. said it's a it's it would generate. They even said it would generate more revenue, which yeah, means it's, it's, it's money, just it, for it, money. It's money they want, of mm-hmm. course. I mean, Tony Cruz talk, talks about it's like the only thing you ever want is money. They don't care about players' health anymore. It's just for the money. Yeah, but I think we're at a critical point for like they almost have to start caring about the players out to a certain degree just to prevent the ultimate product that they're producing. Because even in the Premier right. League, like the last year and a half, like you've we've seen games where players just look dead tired, and this isn't like how mm. they would look tired in like 2015, 2011 seasons either. They they were like this was like a level of fatigue that that looked like after like when. I used to play like soccer tournaments when I was growing up, and it was like we'd play like three games in a day, and it was the third game, things mm-hmm. like that. It was different levels right. of fatigue out there, and also the rate in which players are getting yeah. injured. I feel like it's just way higher now. I don't, I don't know way the data too. on this, way but too. it just feels to me way, way higher than before. Yeah, every five minutes, three streams is out with that injury. I'm over here stressed. It's not worth it. <laughs> so. It wasn't that wasn't my question. Uh, my second question, but every World Cup, my wife always asks me who I think is going to be the team to win the World Cup, and I always tell her Brazil, twenty twenty six, Brazil. Who do you guys got for the next World Cup? It's too early for me to tell. Honestly, if I'm Brazil, a Brazilian fan. You know, I'm going to go. say Brazil. There but go. in if you want a non biased opinion, um, it's too early. And on top of that, I don't Fair know enough. how Brazil is still rated number one. Sure. It's going to be. They're still going to be rated number one in 2026. Uh, I'm letting I have you know two that really now. biased answers. It's going to be USA because they're, the team is going to mature oh and actually God. be good over the next like four but years. What? No, or, they, or, they would need to build a striker. Javon, Javon, let the magic just happen. There's <laughs> <laughs> no magic. Either that or it's going to be England because James football. is absolutely world class. And I think he's just that good of a player. Like, so yeah, England do reach James, like specifically. And if you're gonna say if you if <laughs> if you're gonna say Reese James, you gotta give a mention to Chilwell because yeah. I really think that Chilwell on his best he, when he's on he top form is button. at the level of Reese James. Honestly, button, I, I'll give it to him. the Chelsea bias is real. Guys. Honestly, England chances depends on the manager. 
And uh-huh. also, mm-hmm. I, Southgate, I, I, Southgate's still going to be there. Our British manager has never won the Premier League. So with Harry Maguire. I don't want to hear anything about <laughs> Chelsea bias. I gave Kyle Saka my shout out. Right, I get, I get so we're all we're all in favor in saying Brazil. You know, we're just like, gonna ignore that USA comment. But we're all saying Brazil. Here. <laughs> Honestly, England has a good chance because they have a young squad. Well, France has a good chance. Realistic, but it's Brazil, but I mean, come on. But go. But the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, it's too way too early to tell. Um, form injuries. Where players, the new players that are coming in at that point has a lot to do with it. So I'll just leave it for my final answer is I cannot tell you yet. Too way too early. Andrew's final answer is I think it's USA and England. Javier. Yeah mine's soft. Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. Actually Scotland. I'm gonna revise my answer. It's gonna be the team with the least okay. amount of first play. That's how I that's how I'm going okay. by it. You know they're gonna I said emotional <laughs> damage. Hold on, hold on. I said the mind soft. I said the mind soft, that means Germany. I said Scotland can reach at the quarterfinals or something. Okay, so Listen, what's the solution, no? with, with with 48 teams, I don't think Scotland might not even qualify. They hey, got Billy look, Gilmore, they'll look, look fine. Look, Jamaica, Jamaica winning the next World Cup. Jamaica won't even qualify all the, there's more spots. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, to, to be completely honest, Jamaica can qualify because they have a good coach right now. To be honest, yeah, we don't necessarily have a bad team. Yeah, they, they, we just need defenders. Yeah, yeah, I need defenders. Really, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so so bring back Morgan. No, he can't run. He can't yeah. run <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Yeah, Michael Holgate. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to be here all night if we continue. Uh, wrap it up. Final thoughts? That's all she wrote for me. Um, my final thoughts. You know, the World Cup was really good. It was really exciting. And, you know, um, Qatar really left a core memory, collective memory in everybody, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah. I would like to say that Messi finally proved he's the GOAT by overcoming the Drake curse as well through this uh Messi. Yeah, oh real. the Drake curse. <laughs> real. 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 Messi, Messi, um, Messi, Messi, Messi. <laughs> I wonder about Re- um, Ronaldo Day, no. Oh, we're not opening that Finding kind of a words. new club <laughs> training at Real Madrid. <laughs> um, final thoughts on me. Final thoughts. Final money. thoughts on me. This was the best World Cup final I've ever seen. For real, for real, for real. This was one of the best World Cups I've ever watched. Oh yeah. Um. Hopefully, I'm not a part. I 100 agree with not you. Remembering, uh, um, not remembering um the past because I know that Russia. The Russia World Cup was a good World Cup as well. Yeah, it was me. That was a good World Cup. It was, me too. It was decent. That was a good World Cup. But this was the this was the best World Cup final I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, the game's getting bitter, bigger. The game's getting better, and we love what we see. I am your host Javon. Um, you can follow me at K X N G underscore Arctic on Instagram. You can follow the Final Whistle podcast on Instagram. That's the one with the blue logo and the soccer ball. You can follow. Us at the final whistle without the e at the end and replace that with a ten on Twitter. Final follow us at the final whistle football podcast on 
YouTube, we Ryan and I are gonna do some stuff totally on YouTube up there. Guys, your socials. Ryan at G I Shuby Instagram. And um Oh, you want to go ahead? Andrew at Tom 428 underscoring between the letters and numbers. Man, it's Salt Laurent Tough. That's about it. And yeah. Yeah, from. And you can email us at finalwhistle2022 at gmail.com. We are now taking sponsors. And if you just want to email us discussions, well, the whole lot, we'll throw it up there. We're going to get out of here, though, guys. We'll be here for a while. Thank you guys for listening to us. I'm Javon. Peace.